You're listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa, a podcast where we talk about what matters most, sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of Time Out with Jen and Lisa. Um, we have one topic to talk about this week. It's the Olympics extravaganza. But we have a lot to talk about. Lots of stuff that I'm interested in, which, you know, is usually the wild and wacky stuff. Yes, yes. We've got trivia. We've got um, weird rules in yep. Olympics. We've got why is the USA men's basketball team collapsing? Sucking it. What happened with the U.S. women's soccer team? Uh, we've got some gold medals in sports we've never gotten gold medals in or even medaled in. So, yeah, it's been a, an exciting few days of the Olympics. It officially kicked off on Friday yep. and started last Tuesday, though. So Can I just say like, the opening ceremonies? I mean, I feel like they didn't show enough for the U.S. athletes on they NBC. They didn't, but we can get to that for okay. sure. Sorry. So I am your host, Jennifer Fink. With me is the fantastical... Lisa Purcell. And this is our Olympics episode. I have a feeling we're going to have a few of these episodes for the next well, yeah. like <laughs> week. We may have to do like another one. Um, I think you have like 10 pages of notes. Uh, so. Currently, no. I have eight pages of notes. Eight pages I of notes. I basically ignored all other sports going on as I was coming up with ideas. But you know what? One thing I do just want to mention just came across the board. Michael Thomas is going to miss the start of the season for the Saints. Oh. Um, just to throw a little NFL in there and that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are probably going to come to a deal, which is a 100% surprise to me. Well, it's going to be... But I saw that too. It's going to be a one-year deal. One-year deal. He is out at the yeah. end of 2021. Will he make it the entire season? That's the question. So let's talk. Let's talk about a little bit of uh, the Olympics, you know, that, that event that happens every four years, the Summer Olympics. Um, it's Jen's favorite time of year, the Olympics. This is my favorite time of year. It doesn't matter, summer, winter. She matter. If Jen could take like a month off of work and just sit herself down in front of the TV all day watching the Olympics, I think she'd be perfectly I would, happy. Because I would watch all of the pre-stuff and all of the post-stuff. Because it's two weeks. I mean, technically it's two weeks, but yeah. I think it's like really 18, 19, 20 days when you kind of add in because the U.S. softball and soccer started last Tuesday. I mean, one complaint I have is I fi I feel like, and, and I was reading comments online and a lot of people are saying this, they've made it difficult to find out when events are, like what time events are on. And oh, it's impossible. Yeah. And that has been kind of... um not confusing, but like, you're like, oh crap, I missed that. Like, I don't know. I remember in the past NBC having an app. Do you remember, now this is old school, back in the day when you were a kid, the TV guide would always come out with a special Olympics yep. issue and yep. it had the whole schedule and yep. we always, we would keep it and we'd mark the stuff that we, the events that we were interested in watching. I'm sure your mom did that. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you would set up recordings in case we weren't home. You know, we would do all that fun stuff. But, yeah, I feel like NBC's kind of dropped the ball a little bit. But here's the thing. If you have NBC Sports, you can watch whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want. They have tons of replays. Or if you're a friend of Jen. <clears throat> yeah, or if you're a friend of me and you have my login. <laughs> Which there's probably about six people that have my login right now. So NBC does not do a good job at <laughs> kicking people out <laughs> of multiple devices. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really, it, it's interesting because I, I agree with you. That's one of, that's something that somebody has said to me. And I said, you know, it doesn't really matter because at lunch I'm watching, you know, stuff that happened at 2 a.m. our time. I mean, 
I do realize there's a 13 hour time difference and you know me uh, time just really messes with my head I I have such problems with it so that is playing a part in it for me but I have heard people that don't have my time issues saying it's hard to figure out when events are going to be on and I think the only way to really experience the Olympics is if you have the app like you do the NBC Sports yep and I think Peacock too has some Olympic stuff Peacock's got stuff too but theirs is mostly like human interest stuff I've noticed human interest and yeah that's it usa has stuff on okay so the nbc app they don't have an nbc olympics app like they've had in the past or the tv guide they have an nbc the nbc app has stuff about the tokyo olympics however it's not really much of a schedule like it's just prime time okay okay well well, that's not too bad i'm I'm looking at it if anybody from nbc is listening can you fix that? Because it's really confusing. it's kind of shitty. Yeah, like you guys are blowing it. Like everybody's dying for sports events Something. after the pandemic. <laughs> and you know, here we go. See, look, we're watching it now live, but there's no way to know. It just is diving, gymnastics, triathlon, and swimming. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not very good this year. But it is CNBC, NBC. USA, NBC Sports. And the Olympic Channel, if you have it. the Olympic Channel. But honestly, I think the best way to watch is if you have the NBC Sports, the premium that you pay for, the the, the app. If anybody wants my login, just hit me up. (laughs) We'll see how many I can get. (laughs) I do think I made like six. Great. We're going to have like 50 people. That's okay. So We're all sports fans, so let's go. Can we get back to the opening ceremonies? Mm -hmm. So... I I, I, th- I knew Japan would do something pretty cool. And they did. I mean, it was very technologically savvy um, where they had the CGI and all of that. I like um, the woodworking part. and the That was very cool. That was cool. That's a very strong history in Japan. Um, so that, J- Japan, their part was very cool. My problem with the opening ceremonies was with, again, NBC. So... I don't know if anybody else realized, but the American uh, contingent was at the very end, pretty much, because A, it went through the Japanese alphabet, which we couldn't figure out. And then B, you had to go through, what is it again? So the next two hosts of the Olympics march in last. So it it goes in order. So it was France and then the U.S., correct? The U.S., France, oh, Japan. Japan was last. Okay. Because we U.S. hosts 2028, Paris hosts 2024, and then Japan is the host country for 2020. Okay. So they were so third. So that's a common They thing. were third from last. So it, it took a while to, to see them. I, I know Jen was falling asleep. Oh, yeah. I had to um, record the very end. Couldn't make now, it. I don't know about everybody else, but what I care about is the athletes. I want to see the athletes. I don't care about anything else. They had a five-minute intro by The Rock, who, okay, I like The Rock, but I didn't need a five-minute intro from The Rock. And then, instead of showing the athletes, they just focused on Sue Bird, who was one of the flag bearers. Sue Bird and barely Eddie Alvarez. They barely talked to him, and he's a great story, if you if you know his story. Um, like, his parents didn't even know that he was mic'd up. But really, they focused on it was Sue Bird. And they were honestly trying to bait her into... Making a, I guess, controversial statement. I don't know. But 
again, I didn't need the five minute video from The Rock. I didn't need the interview with Sue Bird. I really just wanted to see the happy faces of the athletes as they come walking in. And maybe you have a commentator saying, oh, that's so and so who's, you know, U.S. fencing or that's like, that's what I wanted to see. I didn't care about the other stuff. I agree. And I, I felt like they could have done the interview with Sue Bird while showing the other athletes and putting their names underneath. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand what the big deal was. I just wanted to see our athletes come in. Like, I, I feel like we saw more of other nations. Yes. Like Canada. We saw a lot of Canada. Yes. Which, hey, whatever. Northern neighbor. Love you. Um, you know, Germany. I felt like Japan even got more than we did. Yeah, and they focused on, like, their, their the athletes, the outfits, like, you know, talked a little bit about, like, what sport they're participating in. And that's what I wanted for the U.S. athletes, and I barely saw it. I, I didn't see really anyone in the contingent. So, what, and they focused on the, the guy from the uh, Tonga. Tong, Tonga. Oh, the, Tonga. With the oiled up shirtless guy. The oiled guy. up shirtless guy. They focused on him more than they focused on the athletes. Which, and for us lesbians, I didn't give a shit. Like, I want to see... I want to see my athletes come in. Well, what if it was an oiled up female that was cut? Should just show that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, in all honesty. I mean, it it could, NBC could have been worse. It could have been like that South Korean uh, sports. Great segue. I was just going into that. You know, know, as much as we complained about at least NBC, you know, showed it, showed our athletes. We could be the MBC in South Korea. (laughs) That for every country that came in, they had some sort of little image to represent that country. So some of our favorites, um, I don't have a list of all of them. So I have no idea what the U.S. was or Canada. I imagine Canada was like a maple leaf. A hockey stick. A hockey (laughs) stick. Something like that. So some of the favorites were Italy was pizza. Which pizza isn't even really Italian. No, it's It's, really not. It's American. But whatever. Okay. Norway was salmon. Okay. (laughs) haiti was literally upheaval like they showed people like protesting and like but assassination my favorite was the ukraine they showed chernobyl like and this wasn't this isn't a joke like I, i was like this has to be like a joke like somebody put this on the onion it's a joke it's totally not it totally not. Oh yeah, and then they also had like um, uh, little descriptors underneath. So, and this is not the first time they've done it. In two thousand and eight, they had the Cayman Islands, and it said famous as a tax haven for establishing offshore funds. I mean, it's not a lie. It's no, true. it's not. Excuse me, Eva doesn't like that either. In two thousand and eight, also, Chad was the dead heart of Africa. <laughs> Eva, Eva likes that one. Not as <laughs> that, much as the first the one. The dead heart of Africa. Zimbabwe was murderous inflation. Yeah. I mean, that was that was 2008. So this isn't the first time they've done it. Now, I do know the Marshall Islands was labeled this year as the the former site of, of the former site of U.S. The former site of U.S. nuclear testing. Did they show like a like a mushroom cloud? Uh, they, they probably did show a mushroom cloud. Yeah, so I mean, for America, they probably put like a Big Mac. A Big <laughs> it Mac. said like home of the fat American. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So they they did have they did have an error. I believe it was on Norway. Um, how they had it uh, written out in Korean was actually like blood of the cow or something. <laughs> like, 
Like, come on. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, what else did they have? Yeah, Haiti. Haiti's description caption was, the political situation is fogged by the assassination of the president. Yeah. Yeah, and it was actually, for Chernobyl, the image was actually the destroyed nuclear power plant. Like, it wow. wasn't even like, you know, nuclear energy. It was like the destroyed power plant. I mean, I, I guess they were trying to be educational, but it just didn't work. <laughs> That's not educational. I like, know, but had the dead heart of Africa. Like, what the <laughs> hell? What is that? <laughs> like, it's not funny. It's not, but it is. Like, it is. I, funny. I really need to figure out what the U.S. was. I don't think that's come out yet because you're right. It was probably the Big Mac. Yeah. Or and like a, a fat redneck or something, because who knows what? Or Baywatch. I don't know Baywatch. what Baywatch. It was David, it was David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Yep. Everybody knows David Hasselhoff. So, all right. <laughs> so we talk about some of the the gold medals we've won in the yeah, U.S. You can so whatever you want. One that I was really excited about because it is the first time we've won a medal, any medal, in women's individual foil. It's fencing. If you don't know what it is. Uh, with Lee Kiefer, who won gold medal over Ina Deraglazova of Russia, who was the heavily favored person to win the gold medal. So to me, that was big. So, and I also love Lee Kiefer after failing to win an Olympic medal of the 2012 and 2016 games, she really thought her Olympic career was over. Um, but then the next year, she in 2017, she became the first American woman to earn the number one world ranking in foil. Um, along the way, she also was in medical school at University of Kentucky. Um, so the fact that she was in medical school and she won the first medal and a gold medal, um, I think she's 27, mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. So th- I was very excited about that, um, being a former fencing dork. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Uh, another one that uh, was really exciting to me was American Amber English, who won gold at the in women's skeet shooting. So... She took gold in women's skeet shooting with 56 hits, setting an Olympic record um, at this Games. Uh, she only missed four shots in the final, finishing ahead of Italy's Diana Bacosi um, and China's Wei Ming. Now, if you don't know, Diana Bacosi is like a legend. legend in skeet shooting. So, Yeah, she's won the last two? Yeah, last two or three. Yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty hardcore. So... Amber English, Colorado Springs native, is a first-time Olympian who contended for a spot on the 2012 and 2016 Olympic teams. Uh, she joined the U.S. Army Marksmanship Unit and is working towards become a Army officer. I believe she's a first lieutenant at the moment in the Army. Yep. And she is the first uh, person in the U.S. military to win a medal in this Olympics so far. So props to her. So props to Lee Kiefer and props to Amber English. That's fantastic. Uh, do you know who won the first um, United States gold medal at this Olympics? It wasn't on the first day. It was on the second day. Which I think I, I saw... Um, wasn't it taekwondo or judo or... It was swimming. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It was that obvious? Chase Calise. He's a, oh, Mike, he's right, a Michael right. Phelps protege. He won Team USA's first gold medal. Uh, it was the first Summer Olympics without Michael Phelps in 25 years. Kind oh my crazy. god that's right he started in 96 yep. so chase cleese is his protege they've um he's re- they've really got like sort of like a like a mentor mentee relationship that's cool um and he won the gold and it was in let's see 400 meter individual medley wow that's awesome yeah. and fellow american jay litherland took the silver 
Um, Michael Phelps was calling the race for NBC. Oh, that's and fun. And he was really celebrating when Chase Gleese won the first gold. That's awesome. So. But yeah, 25 years since the Summer Olympics yeah. without Michael Phelps. Yeah, because he was a teenager in, uh, in Atlanta. That makes sense. Yeah, 96. Wow. How about that? So I got one more thing that I think is pretty cool. So we all know the swimmer, the American swimmer, uh, Caleb Dressel. Mm-hmm. So he swam the first leg of the men's 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay. Uh, he gave the U.S. a lead, which they never gave up, and they ended up uh, winning gold medal. So after he, after he posed for some pictures, stepped off the podium, uh, he... Instead, he found his teammate, Brooks Curry, and tossed him the gold medal as he was sitting in the front row. Uh, And he did that because Curry's presence on the 4x100 relay team helped Dressel swim so fast during that. Uh, Basically, uh, Curry did it for the preliminary heats. Oh. Um, Yeah, I never really understood that. Like, you have a a team that does, like, the preliminary and then you have one that does the final well what happened it, it was the same team of um you know apple bo becker blake peroni and um we had caleb dressel but in the qualifying it was brooks curry um and the u.s qualified with him and it gave dressel the chance to rest because the final was 15 hours later so it gave him time to relax so the flip schedule in Tokyo with preliminaries at night and finals in the morning has you're doing that to appease NBC has been really problematic for some swimmers and other athletes. Well, you can't. They're not even showing it anyway. I know, but they're not used to it. And, you know, because they I mean, think about an athlete. They've got their schedule. Oh, really. yeah. I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be pissed. No doubt. Caleb Dressel was basically saying, like, you know, between nutrition, massage, recovery, eating, you know, he would he'd maybe get like six hours of sleep in that 15 hours. And, you know, he got to relax and Brooks Curry ran the preliminary heat for him. Um, And so Dressel's a cool guy, I think. He said he said I had the easiest job out of everyone here. He's like, I felt like Brooks deserved it more than I did. So wow. that's why he, he flipped him the medal. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, that's kind of that's th- kind of crappy that they don't get a medal. Well, they will get a medal. <laughs> I, I thought that too, but then I was reading further, and it says <clears throat> they're both going to get ultimately get medals. Everyone who swims a relay leg in prelims or finals receives whatever medal the final foursome earns. Oh, that's good. But prelims only swimmers don't participate in medal ceremonies. So <clears throat> they aren't involved on the biggest stage. Dressel took matter into his own hands by taking his gold medal out of them and pulled Brooks Curry into the spotlight. That's awesome. So he is going to get a gold medal. He just isn't at that moment. That's awesome. They're probably going to like mail it to him. Yeah. Six to eight weeks. <laughs> Six so. to eight weeks. Plus he yeah. has to pay for postage. So, I mean, that's a couple of the things I just want to talk about. I mean, I have more, of course, but yeah, there's, there's, I mean, we've got tons to talk about. Like the, the women's triathlon, we got a bronze medal in that. All right. Last Olympics, we won that with, uh, Gwen Jorgensen. She won it. So it's nice to see, uh, see us continue in the medals for that. Well, and speaking of the triathlon, um, Kevin McDowell posted the best ever U.S. finish for the men, um, and 10 years ago he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So wow. he's a cancer survivor. Um, and he posted the best ever finish by an American triathlete at the Olympics in the men's side. 
Uh, he's 28. Uh, let's see. He came in fifth, I think. Yeah. No, sixth. And this was under like sweltering conditions. You it saw- was unbelievably hot. Unbelievable. So his performance bested Hunter Kemper's seventh place finish at the 2008 Beijing Games. Uh, he was diagnosed in 2011 at 18 years old uh, of cancer. And at the time, he had been the world junior bronze medalist in triathlon. He spent six months in chemotherapy, was eventually declared cancer-free, and he was actually going to retire from triathlon, but his family said to him, you know, just, you've got to do it one more time. So he did, and he said, boy, I'm glad they said that, because he, you know, he may have not have medaled on Monday, but he's coming home from Tokyo with a big win simple fact that he survived cancer and highest placement of an american male triathlete at the olympics yeah that's that's pretty awesome did you want to talk at all about um swimming talk about the the katie ledecky silver ledecky silver medal sure go for it (laughs) (laughs) you've got all you've got all the i know i feel like i'm i'm taking over here that's okay i can certainly jump in so, Katie Ledecky, who is, like, the goat in swimming. Absolutely. Uh, she was beaten for the the first time ever uh, by Australian's big rising swimming star, Ariana Titmus. Uh, that kid is going to have just a career. Titmus is just unbelievably talented. She's going to have a nice Olympic and world career. So, it was the women's 400 meter, f- meter freestyle. Now, Titmus's nickname is the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I already like um, her. So, she chased down the decky to win the women's 400 meter freestyle. It, um, it was the second fastest time in history. What amazed me about that race is that Titmus was trailing by nearly a full body length at the halfway mark of the, the race. I think it's eight laps. Mm-hmm. Um, and she managed to turn on the speed to take the win so that was pretty impressive to yes. me that she was that far behind and again she's going up against katie ledecky who is like the goat she's the defending olympic champion world record holder and uh it was it was by half a second too that she beat her it was you know yeah, it was uh see yeah titmus did it in three minutes 56.69 seconds ledecky was three minutes 57 seconds 30 57.36 seconds, which is the fourth fastest time ever recorded. So to beat Katie Ledecky, she had to get the second fastest time ever recorded. Oh, that's not a challenge. Not at all. So for the first time in Katie Ledecky's career, she felt she was defeated. So that's okay. That's now, what's okay. interesting is you had those two and then everybody else was pretty far back behind them in the pool. Like the bronze medal went to to China's Li Bingji, who did it in four minutes, one point zero eight seconds. So that that's a significant gap. You've got four minutes compared to uh, silver, which was three minutes fifty seven. So it's like three seconds difference between silver and bronze. Yeah, that's significant. That's significant. So that just shows that the the talent that the, that Titmus and Ledecky have in that in that field. Um, I mean, Titmus is young, so I, I think we're going to see her for at least I one. I mean, it's not like Katie Ledecky's an old lady. Well, she's mm. not. She's got one more Olympics in her, I think. Maybe two, because <laughs> Maybe it will two. be LA in 2028. I think so. a lot of them are going to push for LA. Yeah, absolutely. I I would, no doubt. Hey, we might be there. I would love to be there. That would be a lot of fun. 
so yeah no i um i i think the 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 swimming is is going well i think you know u.s is doing as expected so i'm i'm not i'm not disappointed in how they're doing in that all right right they're fine I did finally find a good Olympic schedule, by the way. Oh, good. Okay. I'm very excited by that. Should we uh, switch over to uh, basketball? What? So what specifically is wrong with U.S. men's basketball? Well, just so you know, the women start um, today. Well, tomorrow at 1240 a.m. Um, they, they start then. Who are they Wait, playing? our time 1240? Our time 1240 a.m. So, okay. So I'll tell you who they're playing. Nigeria. Um, also, tomorrow morning is... Um, Softball final. Gold medal. Yep. Yep. So that w- that will be good. It's U.S. versus Japan. Which it was weird because they played Japan yesterday. Well, we watched it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was a tight one. Definitely a pitching duel. And it came down to the seventh inning and the U.S. squeaked out a run yep. to win it. But then they play them the next day for the gold medal. So that was kind of weird. But it's, It'll actually be an interesting game because it's against Nigeria who, if you followed anything about sports and basketball, even if you don't really follow women's basketball, Neka Oguma... Agumawale. Yes, Agumake. Agumake. Wait, so, oh wait, Erica <laughs> Agumawale is playing for Nigeria. She's the former Notre Dame standout. Yep. She's playing for Nigeria, but Neka is not and playing for Nigeria. Sister, and her sister, Chanae. her sister is not playing and... for Nigeria. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth Williams, Williams is not playing for Nigeria because they had too much time playing with the USA women's basketball team, but none of them made the team, which is a travesty for NECA. And the USOC said, nope, you cannot play for Nigeria, even though you have dual citizenship with that country, you cannot play for Nigeria. So that is who we play at 1240 a.m., um, we play Nigeria in the U.S. So this is the beginning of the women's the women's tournament, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of how this pans out. The next game that the U.S. plays is on Friday at twelve forty a.m. against <laughs> Japan. So it's like one o'clock in the afternoon there, and then after that they play France at guess what twelve forty a.m. on Monday August second. So. Um, that's the, they're in group B. They're in with France, Nigeria, Japan. Um, the only one that might give us a little trouble is France. France. That's the only one I could see giving us a little bit of trouble, but, um, yeah, France, Nigeria, Japan, and U.S. Yep. Four teams. So, so we're in group B. We should kind of go through group B. I think, um, you know, pretty easily. I still think that there's a chance that the U.S. women's team may not win the gold medal. Um, I don't think they've played together long enough. I think they're weak in a couple of positions. The problem is, is like, who can really kind of knock them out? But Australia could. Eh, they um, don't have Liz Cambage. I don't think that matters. I think it does. She's the leading scorer I in don't the WMA right now. Australia beat them. Eh, it doesn't matter. That was um. Tina Charles is the leading scorer of the WNBA. Oh, Liz Cambage is up there though. She could be. That was an exhibition. Exhibitions no. mean nothing. I think that they they could they're gonna have a tougher time than I. Than most you know, think. I was on that train with you, but I'm I'm starting to think I think they're gonna be fine. I think they're gonna win the gold, no problem. It'll be their seventh straight goal for U.S. women. Uh, basketball. Ninety six, two thousand, two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand eight. 2012, 2016, 
8th. Yeah. It's uh, Sue Bird. It'll be Sue Bird's 5th, Diana Tarazi's 5th gold medal. Honestly, I think Tarazi should have sat this one out. She's got some hip problems. She's coming off a cracked sternum injury. Uh, she hasn't really played since the end of June. I kind of feel like it's a bit of nostalgia that they have Tarazi on the team. Um, I agree. And I love Diana Tarazi. Don't get me wrong. Um, we had a whole podcast on UConn. Yeah. And if if you get a chance, Sports Illustrated just did a really good interview with Tarazi. Um, I'll put it in our post. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I think that was a bit nostalgia. Um, and I think, you know what? Dawn Staley's their coach. She is the first African-American woman to coach an Olympic team. I don't think that's going to let her. I don't, I don't think she's going to lose the gold because of that. I think she, oh, not because of that, but I think she's going to. No, 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 because I think because of that, she's going to really fight for that gold. Yeah, but uh, what can you do with your players? I don't think they've played together well enough. I think they have too many weak spots, but I think Australia could give them a run for the money. I just don't see any team that could challenge them for the gold. I don't think this is the best American team we've had in a long time. This is our weakest, I think. But I, I just don't see anyone that can beat us. Okay. So... And uh, speaking of which, the women's three-on-three basketball is undefeated. Oh. They took out uh, China today in a tough match. And can I say Kelsey Plum is money? She's we- perfect for three-on-three. I mean, she hit that game-winning shot. We have Stephanie Dolson, Kelsey Plum, uh, Jackie Young, Jackie Young, and Alicia Gray. Yes, Alicia Gray. Yes, Alicia Gray. Alicia Gray. Sorry. Yeah. Gray. <laughs> so yes, I um the uh, three on three tournament's say, a lot of fun. I love Stephanie Dolson because you can't push her around. The Chinese girls were getting a bit handsy and I don't really understand the rules that well on the three on three basketball, but there's really no fouls. Like you can kind of be physical in that. And this girl was all over Dolson and Dolson just gave her a forearm <laughs> and smiled. It was great. So <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Um but should we go back to the men's basketball? So I, so I was going to transition into. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, was say we I have, jumped we, the transition. We, I apologize. We have the women's. We have the women's. But um, what do we think about the men? There is the one US reason men. why the men are terrible right now. Um, they have no team chemistry. Time. If they had time, it would solve many of their problems. If they'd even have a few practices to develop chemistry, to figure out how the roster piece is fixed together, that would have done wonders. Uh, but honestly, there's no time. They Right now, the, the U.S. men have two games left in group play, uh, Wednesday against Duran, Saturday against the Czech Republic, to figure out whatever needs to be figured out. Um, an opening loss to France on Sunday it didn't really seem to surprise the French that much, and it didn't really seem to surprise the Americans that much. I wasn't surprised, Now, personally. The game against Iran, uh, FanDuel, the betting site, says the Americans are a 37.5-point favorite. Um, they're hoping that's going to be a way to build some momentum going into... Uh, a you know Going into the game against the Czechs, which is definitely going to be tougher. Uh, so they have to win both of those. The U.S. can head to the quarterfinals, um, lose one of the next two, and this will certainly show go down as the worst showing ever for uh, a nation that has never gone to the Olympics and not won a medal. So yeah, we have this would be the first time we haven't won a medal. I mean, the, the expectations are always high. Yes, on Team USA. I mean, we did invent the sport, so 
We should win it. And if you've looked at, at medal. looked at the talent that's in the NBA, uh, we should at least medal. Uh, I but, just think that the chemistry is just really a problem. I mean, you talked about Kevin Durant. You know, he's he's on that team to be a leader. He's, he's on not. that team to be the veteran, which I remember when they put him on the team, I was like, you're putting Kevin Durant on the team to be your veteran leader, but whatever. It all started the day before the opening ceremonies when they were doing a shoot around in Tokyo and he shot a ball and it went in. And at the same time, one of his teammates was shooting a ball and missed. So Bam Adebayo grabbed the ball and started dribbling it. And Durant said, what are you doing? Like, I made the shot. I make the shot. You give it back to me. He's like, no, I grabbed the one that was the miss. So-and-so grabbed the shot. And I forget who it was that he, he said, you know, grab the shot. And Durant was adamant that it was Bam. And was like, no, no, you give me the ball. Give me the ball. And the other guy even came over and was like, here, take the ball. And Kem was like, no, I want that ball. He took my ball. What is this, the playground? It's, you know, it's playground rules. But are you freaking kidding me? Like, you're supposed to be the leader. And now you've just put this divide where... You're up here on this pedestal and everybody else is garbage. I get it. It's the playground rules. It's it's the rules. Like it's the unwritten rule. If you make the shot, you get the ball back. That's an unwritten it's an unwritten rule. But I don't, don't know. then go after a player and then when the play, you know, the other guy came over and said, "No, you know what, man, I grabbed it." Like like what the hell? Well, this team has been together in full for exactly one game. <laughs> The, the chemistry true. is just not there. You've got a bunch of really talented individuals who know each other and like each other sometimes. Uh, Apparently sometimes. But if, if they were like a, a band, would they they would just be making sounds. They wouldn't be making music uh, because they've only been together for one day. I just don't, I don't understand it. Like, you know, the basketball teams that have done well are the teams that play together for a while. And I don't understand why we just, you know, threw because these players together and we're just like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll win. Well, it's arrogance. That's what it is. It's money because, unfortunately, the NBA schedule is going, True. it ends as the Olympics start. So I think it's those two things. And you can look at these other teams, other other country teams, and their big advantage is they've had time. Uh, France's core has played together for years. Spain, Argentina, Australia, they've all played together for several years. Um, You know, I I think they know that the U.S. is vulnerable, and I feel like the U.S. is not doing anything to to dispel that idea that they are vulnerable. Yep. And I think these other countries, it's their time to to knock the U.S. off its uh, throne. Yeah, I think this is the the year that it could happen. Unless they start developing some chemistry pretty quick. (laughs) You know, it's just, I also noticed too that they just kind of looked lackluster and they were really only playing defense when, defense when they wanted to. There was really no defense. Their shooting was pretty bad. I mean, they were, they're shooting 31% from three point range. Um, They're, so much better than how they're playing they are they are but you know it's it's what you said there's no chemistry and it's because this whole squad hasn't has only played one game together yeah 
because you had guys that were in the NBA finals. Um, so they've, they've not played together. And, and I don't know if, if Kevin Durant, I agree with you. I don't think Kevin Durant was the guy to be the veteran leader of this team, especially when he pulls a stunt like that. Like joking around or not, like kind of let it go. Like see for the, like the 92 dream team. Like I feel like Jordan was probably the leader of that team and Mm -hmm. he probably would have done that, but it's Michael Jordan. Exactly. He's a guy that commands respect. There's a difference. There is a big difference. <laughs> Between Kevin Durant and Michael Jordan. Exactly. They and shouldn't, that, they shouldn't be in the same sentence and, together. And Jordan was a leader. Yeah. Like, Jordan pushed himself 110%, and he expected his teammates to push themselves 110%. Yeah. If you weren't playing up to that level, then he would ride your ass. I mean, we saw that in that... Um, that Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls uh, ESPN yes. document ten part series where they had a whole thing on the the ninety two Dream Team. Uh, that ninety two Dream Team is excellent to watch. I think it's a is it a there's a is there a Peacock one or an ESPN one? I don't know. There's there's one of them that's really good to watch. But I just remember that you know Jordan in NBA games and Olympic games like he played at a very very high intense level and he expected everyone else to that's, that's a leader that's but a leader. the thing is he would help his fellow players get to that level yeah he'd be hard on them but he would also inspire them and push them to get to that level as well mm-hmm. and that's what a leader does a leader doesn't just say hey give me the ball that's my ball mm-hmm. with stupid playground rules yeah i mean just let it let it go like are you trying to demand respect? And when the other player comes over, like just, you can't demand respect. It. You have to earn respect. Yeah. Yeah. It and I get it. It was way. a playground rule, but he could have totally played it off. Like, all right, man, I got you. I got my eye on you and totally, totally paid attention to it. And if he did it again, then you could say something or whatever. And, and as I but, said, you know, Jordan would have done the same thing, but he was allowed to <laughs> because yeah, he allowed to. he's Michael Jordan. Anybody on that, that 92 and, dream team, and the except fact for that, Christian Leitner was allowed to do that. Well, did Leitner even play? He, he did play like maybe <laughs> three minutes total. <laughs> she actually looked that up. Christian Leitner's Olympic game time. Let's see. Yeah. I just liked, um, was it Magic Johnson who they were talking to? And he said that, like he he joked about uh oh you pissed off Michael we're in trouble now and yep. they would play like um intra team scrim- uh, yep. scrimmages and stuff yep. I thought that was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess Leitner came in maybe off the bench for a minute or two yeah yeah I don't I can't really so, find it I'm not picking do you know who the scoring leader was of the ninety two Larry Men's Bird game? nope Charles Barkley that was gonna be my second guess. I told you she'd pick me first. <laughs> Rebounding leader was tied with Carl Malone and Patrick Ewing, and the assist leader, no surprise, was Scottie Pippen. That team was a thing of beauty to watch. I mean, they were uh, fun. Uh, Coached by Chuck Daly. I mean, they were they were and great. You probably had some of the best ba- basketball players of all time, and any team that has Jordan. On it. David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullins, Charles Barkley, and Magic Johnson. Oh, oh and Christian Lehner. <laughs> As the one token college guy, Christian Lehner. Yep, Christian Lehner. <laughs> it could have been Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know why it wasn't Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah. But didn't Duke win the championship they that did. year? They did. 
but that shouldn't have mattered. Then what about Gr- maybe Grant Hill? If Grant Hill was still play. No, I don't know. Grant Hill would have been good too. Oh. He would have been good. Well, the, I, in my opinion, that's the United States' big problem. Time. I agree. They haven't had a lot of time. I think that's the problem with the women's team. Well, the but women's team's the been women, together a little more. Yeah, the women have been together longer. I think we're just getting older. Mm-hmm. That's my issue. We're seeing the same faces. So here's something that's interesting. So people, the athletes have been complaining about the horrible heat that Japan has been having. Uh, who knew that Japanese summers are very humid and very hot. Um, so not only they've been delayed by the pandemic, they've had oppressive heat. Well, and there's after the triathlon yesterday when uh, when Kristen, Kristen uh, Bloom, Blumenquist from the Norwegian guy, Nor- yeah, Norway won. I mean, he completely passed out. I, I, I mean, they would go through the finish line at that triathlon, the men's triathlon, and they just fell over. And they came, all the volunteers came over, running over with like ice, ice packs to cool them down and cold towels. And a lot of them had to get taken away on stretchers and taken to a hospital to get IV fluids. Like it's. It's bad. I thought Atlanta was going to be really hot. It wasn't that bad. I couldn't imagine competing in it, but it sounds like Japan's a well, lot worse. Daytime highs regularly hit 95, have exceeded 104 degrees. Uh, the environmental ministry in Japan began issuing heat stroke alerts in July 2020 for the Tokyo area and in April for the entire um, in April for the entire region. Japan's had 112 deaths last year from heat stroke, um, as well as 64,000 people taken to hospital for heat-related issue. Um, so it's it's really bad right now. But you know what? It's going to get worse because guess what's coming? A tropical storm or a typhoon? A typhoon? Oh, jeez. A typhoon is arriving Tuesday morning. That is forecast to disrupt at least some parts of the games. Uh, Wait, just some parts of it? So don't worry. The Japanese hosts say that the incoming weather is just a mid-grade tropical storm. What what is their (laughs) mid-grade tropical storm? I mean, some some are calling it a typhoon, which is a hurricane. Yes, uh, tropical storm Nepartek. Uh, Now, there is one group of athletes that's really happy about this storm coming in. The rowers. No. Oh. Rowers? I don't know. It's wild typhoon rowing. The surfers. Oh, the surfers are psyched. Yep. Yeah, surfing is a new sport this year. And the US, U.S. is in the, uh, I know they're in the, the women's finals. Uh, they made it through to the playoffs. I'm not sure where the men are. And the surfers actually haven't been able, they, they've had to postpone a couple of their competition heats because of the lackluster waves. Well, we, well, we watched a little bit of it. There are these little waves. Like the Jersey Shore has better waves than what was coming in. To where they were competing, and the the it's a times limit, and the two surfers are just sitting there paddling around. Pat, I, I mean, the waves just no were not waves. breaking. They were not breaking the way that they needed. It was it was pretty crazy. So archery, rowing, and sailing have already adjusted their schedules for Tuesday. Um, there's no other changes expected. It's a tropical storm of three out of five, so they're not too worried about it. Um, it's the weakest category typhoon, so yeah, they're not they're not too worried. It is still a tropical storm. Uh, if the storm hits as expected, it's going to deliver waves twice as high, uh, which is good for the surfers. <laughs> 
But I was just, uh, you know, I was just reading about how the, the heat has been affecting the athletes. And it, it's really kind of, it, it's bad. It's, uh, let's see. So uh, some of the tennis players, there was one women's tennis player, Anastasia Pavluchinikova, yeah. mm-hmm. who resorted to shoving bags of ice up her skirt and fiddled with a tube blowing air next to her seat. Uh, the skateboarders were saying that the intense sun had turned the park into almost like a furnace, like radiating, radiating the heat. And they complained the heat was actually softening the rubber joints on their wheel axles and making the boards harder to control. See, the Australian canoeist Jessica Fox, who's a gold favorite in kayak slalom, said it's like paddling in a bathtub. It's so warm. I was just reading about someone who passed out because of the heat from heat stroke. There were a couple of competitors yesterday that had to back out of the triathlon because of the heat. And 95 to 104. That's insane. And the humidity is high. I, I'm thinking it's kind of like Atlanta in oh, the summer. Yeah, but <laughs> I got to tell you, the Atlanta Olympics, it was warm, but it wasn't like that. Like, it, it was not that bad. It was not that bad. Oh, here you go. Svetlana, Svetlana Gomboya, Gombova collapsed from heat stroke on the first day of archery. Archery. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, you're standing out in I the know, sun. I know, you know, I know, I know, I know. So, but yes, there is an impending typhoon. This is just a, it's just a tropical storm right now. But it I'm has a name. Yeah, but it's a tropical storm. All right. Tropical storms have names. All right. So, the, you know, if, in the, if the only thing that it does is help the surfers, then that's good. That's good. Watching the surfing the other night was really boring. It was very boring. It was very, very boring. But yeah, yeah, they were I, just I like agree. floating on the board. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, as you said, they already have already adjusted the schedules. I've got to say, like, I mean, it's it's just a tropical storm right now, but it is typhoon season, so... Um, it, Who it, thought picking Tokyo was a good oh. idea for a Summer Olympics? I don't know. The terrible heat that they have in July and August and typhoon season. And, and speaking of which, we were watching the women's triathlon today, and it was pouring rain and windy. I think it's they the beginnings slipping. of the, the storm. And the, the women were sliding. They were hitting, like, this blue... Path. It's, like, it's for the uh, transition area. It's like it's usually like carpeting, kind of. But the water was just pooling on it, and the they were wiping riders out. were just wiping out. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's been. I mean, from the initial delay because of COVID, and now the heat, and now the typhoon. So it's like know. the cursed games. It is like the cursed games. Yeah. So well, you know what. We'll get through it. We've got softball gold medal game tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time, I think. And we're going to win. 6 or 7 a.m. U.S. is going to win. Japan. That'll be awesome. It's the first time that the Olympics has had softball since 2008 when Japan won it. They yep. beat the U.S. in the gold medal game. So it's a repeat of 2008. Um, hopefully, Monica Abbott gets the ball because she's been lights out. Um, and Kat oh. Osterman's been fine, too. But, yeah, I'm... I'm excited for that. We've got women's gymnastics team competition tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat that's going to be interesting. The U.S. team. It, it was just the qualifying, but they definitely showed some weaknesses and some. You know, they weren't as dominant as they had been in the past, and they are actually in sec. They were second in qualifying overall to the Russian Olympic Committee. And Simone Biles came out and said that she's struggling a bit. Yeah, and it's crazy. Her stuff has such high difficulty that her scores are still higher than other people. 
It's it's really incredible. She gets, she's just an unbelievable athlete. Um, I love watching her compete. I think and our, our team you, is good. If you get a chance, uh, go to YouTube and look up uh, Simone Biles throws out first pitch. Oh, yeah. She for, threw yep. out the first pitch in Astros game. It was great. She did like a backflip tumble. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that on the there, too. So yeah, We'll put that on there, too. So, so yeah, I have... I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited about the gymnastics, though. It'll be, it'll be fun. Agree. I have... I found... Uh, actually, uh, Men's Health published a really interesting list of the some of the really obscure rules that Olympians must follow. Let me guess. Some of them are gymnastics related. Yes. Yes. Some of them are yes. gymnastics. Okay. So. All right. Number one. Boxers must be clean shaven. Okay. Competitors in the boxing competition must be clean shaven. Okay. So. All right. Uh, Interesting. Track, track and field athletes don't have to wear shoes. Well, that's true. Zola Bud. <laughs> Zola Bud, 84. Yep. So while shoes are almost always worn by athletes competing in track and field events, they're not required, but there are rules about the types of shoes they can wear. Okay. Wait, uh, there are rules about the types of shoes they can wear. Yeah, but okay. they don't have to wear shoes. Okay. So. All right. All right. I, I guess you can't wear like your Air Jordans or something. I don't know. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, gymnasts are not allowed to wear colorful na- nail polish. So they are allowed to wear colorful makeup, but bright nail polish is a no-go. It's either neutral or none at all. Interesting. So Interesting. I wonder why that is. Does it distract the judges? I don't know. You know, I was wondering that as well. I couldn't find an answer I can't to even... F- I'm still on the boxing clean-shaven thing. Like, yeah, that know. doesn't make much sense either. All right, go ahead. Uh, athletes can have endorsements, but they can't talk about them. Yes. That one, I actually did know that. So when it comes to endorsements, they can have them and get paid for them. However, during the games, the athlete can't mention them and the company can't promote the athlete either. Oh, that I didn't know. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, I remember that from the 92 dream team. Yeah. Yep. Cause one was Nike and one was Reebok or something. Like Michael Jordan was with Reebok or Nike. He's probably with Nike. Jordan's Nike. No, sorry. Yeah. And I guess the U.S. team was sponsored by Reebok that year. So he wore a flag over at the Nike symbol when they got their medal. Yeah. I remember that. Hmm. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, what am I thinking Jordan was Reebok? I was like, what is wrong, wrong with, with you? Anyway, pants are a must for men skating. While you th- may think men male figure skaters could wear tight tights instead of pants it's not the case trousers are a dress code requirement so they have to wear pants no hmm. tights <laughs> no shorts okay. uh okay uh let's see did johnny weir not wear tights i thought he wore tights nope he had pants wow okay. so women's figure skating competitors must wear skirts so they have to wear a skirt yeah. While men are allowed, while men have to wear pants, uh, ladies are not allowed to. Even if they're simple and sheer, a skirt is required. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Here we go. Uh, BMX riders must tuck in their shirts. I yeah okay. BMX athletes are required to tuck in their shirts, even if it is to matching pants. Hmm. There are no backflips allowed in figure skating. While cool, backflips aren't allowed in figure skating because of the two-foot landing that discounts it as a jump. But that did not stop 1998 competitor Surya Bonali from nailing one for fans. Remember her, that girl from France? Yeah. She could do that crazy backflip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't get any points for that. Oh, that's disappointing. 
Uh, here's a ice for show. Here's ice hockey one. Okay. Those who swing second in hockey fights get less penalty time. While fights are rare in Olympic hockey, athletes don't want to start one, but they may want to finish it. While investig instigators get five minutes in the penalty box, those who drop the glove second only get two. Hmm. So if you start the fight, you get five minutes. Hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, basketball players can dunk, but can't hang on the rim. Dunking, that makes sense. Dunking is allowed in Olympic basketball. However, players aren't allowed to hang onto the hoop after doing so. Okay. All right. This is a good one. <laughs> Swimming world records must be faxed in by the athletes. I'm sorry. What? If a swimmer sets a world record, it's not automatically recorded. Athletes have to fax in their record. Yes. They actually have to use a, well, actually have to find a fax it's machine. It's 2021. And use a fax machine. It's 2021. Do we even know where we could find a fax machine? No. Can you still fax from Staples? I don't know. Or Kinko's? Do you or... remember how horrible fax machines were? They were just oh. evil pieces of machinery. It would come out. It had, the originals had that glossy paper, and it would print on it, and it would smear. <laughs> yes. So it would like, get on your hands for like days. <laughs> and your clothing? Forget oh. about it. If, if you got that toner on your clothing. And the toner from uh, copiers, too. Yeah. But yeah. And, and they it were would, terrible. Oh, the shiny paper always got jammed into always. the fax machine. And you could never, you would think you cleared it, but it would continue to yell at you and tell you that you didn't clear the paper jam. Yep. And no matter what you did, even like you could even try turning it on and off. I even tried unplugging. It'd still come back and yell at you. Hence office space when they. If you don't know that movie, go, up. go watch it where they take a bat and they beat up the fax machine to gangster and rap. And the copier, yeah. Is it the copier or the fax no, machine? No, it was the, it's the fax, fax machine. machine. That's right, to gangster and rap. And let me just tell you, I used to sit on the other side of a prefab wall from the company fax machine. Oh. Now, you remember what, how they sounded. <laughs> I heard that all day, so. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, where would you find a fax machine? I don't so, know. So that's that's still a rule. <laughs> you can't email it i guess <laughs> can you snail mail it uh, apparently not you have to go to the little nail salon that's been in business for 53 years and use their fax machine to fax your Olympic maybe your grandma your has record one. Over. i don't know that's insane nope. god catch up all right here's another good one wrestlers must carry a handkerchief olympic <laughs> wrestlers have to carry a, carry a hanky somewhere in their uniform and it's called a blood rag and it is used to clean up any bleeding from competition. I have no comment for I mean, that. With all of these like rules of, oh my God, I'm bleeding. I need to go see my trainer and get... They're allowed a blood rag. Do they use the blood rag or yeah, do they go to the trainer? It's something that's very commonplace. But it's blood. Like There's so many rules against bodily fluids in sports these days. But wrestling is... is I mean, its own I, animal. When I was in high school, I remember like every year the wrestling team would get like some sort of weird skin thing, like impetigo or something, because yeah, it, yeah. those mats were so disgusting. That's true. So. That's true. <laughs> Here's your blood rag, son. Have a great tournament. <laughs> what the so, hell? Olympic swimmers can grease themselves, but not too much. To avoid chafing, swimmers can grease their elbows and inner thighs, but they can't use too much grease just gonna leave that one alone <laughs> so many directions we can go with that water polo players have their toenails checked before competition i could see that 
Water polo athletes have to clip their toenails in order to avoid some nasty scratches underwater. I can see that. Can you imagine if they didn't regulate that? People no. had like talons on their oh feet. Oh my God. <laughs> like pointed, like shaved. It's like, probably their... because of like back in the day, the East German uh, water polo team took some sort of steroid to increase nail growth and they had like these Into talons. sharp, <laughs> these sharp knife-like points. Wow. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Equestrians can't use their voices during competition. That I knew. They that I did know. They can't even click their tongues to control their horse. Yep. This rule was enforced at the 1932 Olympics mm-hmm. when a Swedish equestrian was demoted to last place for making a clicking sound, even though he claimed it was just his saddle. Yep. I, that one and, I did know. I did know that one. Okay. Well, here's my last one. Oh, boy. Because I did not know the difference between these two things. Okay. Race walkers can never have two feet off of the ground. It sets it apart. It, that's what sets it apart from running in the fact that the athlete must always maintain contact with the ground. Hmm. Olympic judges note the technique of an athlete determined to determine fouls and disqualification. Wow. So I always wondered what the difference was between race walking and running. How about that? So Didn't know that one. So yeah. So that was fascinating. That. Yep. that was fascinating stuff. I think I, I'm not sure. I think my favorite is the clean shaven boxers. The blood rag. The blood rag. Yeah. That's so... God, that's like... That's so archaic. <laughs> and the fax. And the fax machine. What the hell? <laughs> oh, hi. You just sent a, set an Olympic and world record and you have to go fax your results. Like, do you, I guess she has to go... The, or he or she has to go to the judges and get the official paper and then fax the it. A little printout. <laughs> God, do and they even do that printout anymore? I don't know. I feel like there's so many rules that need to be changed i mean we've kind of discussed that before with you know the marijuana should that really be a drug considered on the band's list or not Mm. and i think we should add fax machines certainly to that one and and probably blood rag probably blood rag those two are are a little scary to me so a little scary i came up with uh two lists oh boy olympic lists let's go for discussion so i was thinking about the first thing I was thinking about, because you know me, I have these like deep thoughts all the time. You do. I-, I was thinking about what I think are the three hardest summer Olympic sports. Ooh. So number one for me, uh, these are not in any order of difficulty. It's just the three that I came up with. Water polo. Uh, yes. Uh, in 2016, Bleacher Report declared it to be the toughest sport in the world based on six parameters. Strength, endurance, speed, agility, skill, and physicality. On top of the fact that you have to tread water for about 30 minutes, you swim up to a mile per game. Uh, You have to have short toenails. (laughs) Yes. Athletes sneak in blows to each other, similar to like ice hockey and soccer. Oh, yeah. While trying not to touch the bottom of the pool, not drown, and score points all at the same time. Now, I was looking at this, this uh, Dr. Narish Rayo, he's an osteopathic primary care physician who serves as the head physician for the U.S. men's water polo team. He has reported that water polo is strenuous because it requires both aerobic and anaerobic capacity. Mm -hmm. So endurance and sprints. So, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to do what water polo, polo athletes do on, like, grass, and they do it in water. So... Yeah, I I have to say that that, I think that would be my number one. I I really do. I think that would be my number one. I mean, we've seen water polo live, and 
it is physical. <laughs> like there is so much shoving, pulling, pushing, and you're trying to not drown. Yeah, you've got to, you, you have to tread water. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I agree. You okay, agree with that? Okay. I do, I do. What's your next one? My next one is gymnastics. Okay. So there's a high level of risk and gymnastics are required to master balance, strength, flexibility, and endurance of both upper and lower extremities in order to achieve Olympic level greatness. So they need the athletic ability and the mental ability. They have an extra level of focus because they're performing dangerous stunts. And even after like a terrible fall, they still have to get up and do it again. So to also to be on a gymnastics team, you have to have mastered at least four different disciplines. You've got the balance beam, the uneven bars, the floor exercises, the vaults. Each one of those require a different skill set. You know, you've got artistic dance skills. You've got balance, mental focus. Um, the room for error in gymnastics is really small. And it's just so many different types of muscle groups that you're using for gymnastics. So that's my second one that I thought. Okay. I can see that. I mean, they definitely have some gnarly injuries. And, you know, if you just... I can't imagine falling from a high bar or uneven bar. Oh, and I feel like there's such a risk for, like, breaking your neck in this sport. Oh, totally. Or your leg or your neck or... Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely... And they've got to just keep that smile on their face and get back up there and do it again. I agree. So between mental fortitude and strength and artistic ability and um, just everything. Everything. So... Yes. Okay. All right. My, I, I, I'm with you on that one. My third one is the decathlon and heptap, heptathlon. Ugh. Heptathlon? Thank you. So for the for men and women. So if you think about it, the decathlon, you're doing 10 different activities that are all different. You're doing the javelin, the 100-meter race, the shot put. Um, the last thing you do is the 1,500-meter race, which is the you know javelin and shot putter strength the last thing when you're exhausted the last event is the 1500 meter race and that's endurance so the athlete that's competing in that event has to train for ability strength and stamina at the same time so and if you think about it as well the javelin the shot put that's going to require muscle mass but yet the 1500 run meter run requires um you know, you to be sort of uh, a different type of body type to run. So I think because you've got so many, 10 different events that are all different using all different muscle groups, all different skills. And then you finish the thing with a long run. Yeah. That's my, the one, my third one. I think swimming should be up there. I think the fact that they can swim, especially like if you're looking at the, like the medley, like you've got to do backstroke, breaststroke what do you start you start off with the butterfly then you do the back then you do the breast then you do the freestyle that's four different four totally different types of swimming like you know I can barely do the freestyle I can't imagine having to learn all that different muscle and and to get yourself through the water as quickly as you can and the breaststroke when I would when I had to do that for swimming lessons always made me feel like I was drowning (laughs) <laughs> oh, totally, totally. I'm sure Olympians say that too. So yeah, I feel like swimming is one that take is a very, very hard sport for sure. 
So that's I your definitely only... think so. I mean, I agree with you on water polo and gymnastics. I think boxing could be in there. I mean, boxing's like cardio and strength and, and, fear. and fear and mental. So I think boxing could be and in pain. there. Taekwondo maybe as well. Eh. So there weren't all sorts of padding. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I think boxing, boxing okay. and swimming could could be added to that list. That's what I think. All right, those are my thoughts. I mean, yeah, I could see it. Definitely right. boxing, swimming, and and you got to think with swimming too. Like, not many people can get through the water as quickly as that. I mean. I can swim, but I'm not a good swimmer. Like, if yeah. I fell in a lake, I could survive and get myself to shore, but I'm not winning any races. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, I to me, water polo and gymnast- gym- gymnastics are one, two. And then I could go that the heptathlon, decathlon, you could maybe even throw steep, well, steeplechase, you got to jump over that barrier in the water, but it is just kind of one thing. So heptathlon, decathlon, I could see that. Um, Let's not forget the triathlon. The triathlon's crazy. Yeah. The triathlon's crazy as well. That was, what, one mile swim? One mile swim. 25 mile bike, 30 mile bike, something like that. Yeah, and then like a three mile run. Five, six mile run. Six mile run. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So I, you could throw that in there too. I mean, But that is all about endurance. So you're not, if you think about it, you're not really changing the skill or the type of um, exercise. It's endurance. The, the swim, the bike ride, the run, that's all endurance. So, yes, it's tough, but it, it's not... I don't think it ranks up there with gymnastics or water polo because I you're agree. using so many different types of skills and muscle memory. To me, water polo is insane. You can only have one hand on the ball at one time. And the only one that can touch it with two hands is the goalie. And the way that they lift themselves out of the water while trying to be pulled down. So it's, it's while crazy. While somebody's like beating on you. Yeah. Because it's amazing what goes on under the water. the water. Yeah. It's, re- it's really, to me, that might be the one. That one in gymnastics. And then I could go boxing, swimming. I'm still going to stick with my uh, yeah, decathlon. Yeah, decathlon, decathlon. I like that. Yeah. I like that. My mm. other list of deep thoughts. I was thinking about sports that I would like to see in the summer olympics oh so i came up with three ah and i think and they're not jokes they are legitimate sports okay number one bowling mm. bowling is like to me it's like the summer version of curling think about curling rec leagues people drink beer get together at the rink and they curl what do you do when you bowl you drink beer you get together at the bowling ra- bowling arena and you at the bowling lanes and you bowl it's got universal appeal. It's a NCAA recognized sport. Uh, it takes finesse, strategy, and strength. And bowling draws in a very big audience. About 100 million people regularly bowl in more than 80 countries. More than 20 million people have tuned in to watch a professional bowlers association competition. You've had stars such as Pete Weber, Jason Belmonte, Liz Johnson. They've all bowled multiple perfect 300 games on television. I think it's time for bowling. What do you think? I could see bowling. I think it makes sense. I mean, it's an international sport. Yeah. 100 million people in 80 countries. That's a lot. It takes, I mean, I think it takes skill. It takes finesse. It takes strategy. It takes strength. And if curling is in the Winter Olympics, why not have the summer version of curling, which is bowling? Okay. 
I, I, I could see bowling. Yep, I'm there. I like that one. What right. else you got? American football. Now, before you laugh, before you, uh, before you stop me, American football. I have a reason for that, so hear me out. You ready? Mm-hmm. We all know it's a relatively complex game. It's hard to understand if, you, if you're a newcomer. It doesn't really have the global popularity of some other sports. Um, it can be expensive, but its existing fan base, which is mostly centered around the United States, is fiercely face- faithful. And I think it has really good potential to grow exponentially. If it's showcased on a global stage, it'd be really difficult to deny the popularity of a team with players such as Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Stefan Diggs, Ezekiel Elliott, Rob Gronkowski playing their best to win gold. I don't think there's enough international teams to do it. There isn't, but I think it has the ability to really grow. Because let's look at it this way. When you see... When they bring American football to Mexico City, when they have an NFL game in Mexico, mm-hmm. an NFL game in London, tickets will sell out in less than five minutes for those games. Yeah, it's, it's getting really- the programs to build it. That's that's where I think it's it's going to be tough. But imagine imagine having the big American NFL stars playing on a team. Yeah, for the U- for the U.S. and then it would be and there's a huge fan base in the United States. I know. I don't think it's international enough. But, but why not? It could be. I think it could be ec- internationally. I think it has the potential to grow, okay. especially with the star power we have. I mean, in there football. is European. There are European leagues, Canadian leagues, leagues. Canadian leagues. I mean, I guess it's got potential. It would just be you know a matter of. It, is I don't know. I don't know if and I let, could see that one. Let's in the face Olympics. it, the Chinese feel the need to win every sport that Americans usually dominate. So you know that they would try and develop a football they program would. and they would probably have a gold medal team in like they would. twenty years. But yeah. I yeah, just think I, I think football has got a great appeal. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of star power. I, I think, could you imagine like all of these guys playing in USA uniforms, USA on their helmet? I'm not buying it. I'm not there with well, you on no that fun. one. I'm not, I'm there with you on bowling. <laughs> I mean, and bowling was a demonstration support in the Olympics in the eighties. I can't remember if it was Seoul or Los Angeles, but it was one of those. I mean, I'm thinking it was of, a demonstration. I'm sport. thinking of making t-shirts that say bowling, the summer version of curling. You know, to try and get it into the Olympics. I could see, I could see bowling for sure. All okay, right. what's your what's your my last next one, one? Is dodgeball. Dodgeball would be cool. Dodgeball I could see requires that. skill, strategy, and team cooperation, which makes it very worthy of the Olympics. Uh, it's intense. It requires a lot of athletic ability. Um, it's a team sport. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's not an expensive for, uh, sport to, to partake in. It's not a hard sport to learn. You don't really need much equipment. Mm-hmm. You just need some people and a ball and a, a gym. I mean, sure, we all remember being in high school gym class and getting and dreading playing dodgeball because the jocks would like hit you in the head with a rubber ball. But I know a lot of people like there are adult leagues now in the U.S. of people playing dodgeball. And, People really seem to like it. So 
I think the fact that it's inexpensive to play, easy to un- understand, it's a big team sport um, and does require some athletic, a lot of athletic ability. I think it'd be a good dodgeball would be good, good sport to add to the Olympics, you know, except for kids like me back in gym class who would dread dodge, dread dodgeball day. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you didn't dread. I didn't dread it. It no. was fun. I liked it. You were not one of the kids that would get pelted in the head. No. I was usually the last one standing. You were the one pelting kids in the head. No. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Maybe. Um, I have some honorable mentions. Oh, can I tell you my sport that oh, I want to see sorry. in the Olympics? Okay. Um, can we please put lacrosse in the Olympics? It's definitely international. I know that there's provisional funding being given to them to to basically World Lacrosse Association um, from the IOC to try to get it into potentially the 2028 games, but it should be a no-brainer that that sport's in. Now, I think, you know, there there are some there are some rules. There's definitely some rules. The, it is a little confusing if you don't play it. The sport has to be practiced widely by men in 75 countries on four continents. And by women in 40 countries on three continents it is, is uh, in order for Olympic eligibility. Public interest and media attention are also critical factors. So I, I think we're very, very close to that. It's also, a, there's a very high worldwide youth movement for lacrosse. So that's the difference between like football and lacrosse is that it's worldwide youth movement and IOC is dumping money into the World Lacrosse Association to even expand that more. Now, they're even looking at making the teams as it's 11. It's like soccer. Soccer is the largest. Soccer and baseball are two largest um, teams that go to the Olympics in the summer. So lacrosse is also a very big like number of players on the field sport. So they're actually looking at doing six on six. Um, so that, that could be an option as well um, to kind of lessen those numbers. So yeah, no, there uh, lacrosse is definitely one I would like to see. in. I think it, it deserves to be in. It's is it really that universal? It's, is, to- it, is it's it very international. Yeah. All right. I didn't realize. I just think of it as like U S or North American. America. It's not, it's not, it's it's pretty global. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah, so I think it might be close. Um, I still say bowling should be in before lacrosse. I think bowling should be in. I do agree with you. And American football. Uh, not there with you on American football. Uh, I could say dodgeball. Imagine the marketing value with having American football in the Olympics for what marketing value for what for the, the Americans the Olympics. No. No, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not there with you on that one. Is it wrong that I want to see Patrick Mahomes captain a a U.S. football team in the Olympics, bring home the gold? (laughs) You're looking at me like I have three heads. What are your honorable mention? (sighs) Laser tag. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you come up with these? These are uh, paintball. Oh, okay. All right. right. Frisbee golf. Ah, frisbee golf. Okay. Kickball. Okay. Fishing. Hey, okay. fishing's a competitive sport. It's okay. on All Sunday right. mornings on TV. Uh, okay. Yeah. And my personal favorite, and I've mentioned this before, hot dog eating. Or competitive eating as a whole. I think just start out with hot dogs. 
I like it. That that's one of my personal favorites, and I know I've talked about it before, but I, I think hot dog eating should be an Olympic contest. That has international appeal. That does have international appeal. I feel like bowling, hot dog eating, and dodgeball are the three that could go in. No laser tag? Eh, laser tag, it's a team people. event. It's fun. I do know that there's a cap on the number of Olympic athletes. So we've got a lot of large team sports. All right, here. so bowling. Yeah, bowling and hot you have dog three eating. or four members. Hot dog eating, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I All like right. it. I, I really I would honestly if I had to pick one, I'd pick bowling. Mm-hmm. I could see that. If curling is in the Winter Olympics, bowling oh should God. be in the Summer Olympics. All the curling fans are like, What is wrong with you? Any sport that you can sit and drink beer and play. Is it not good? Good shape those curling athletes are in, and how heavy that stone is. I do, but the majority of people that that curl that aren't Olympic athletes, they have curling clubs. It's like bowling leagues. You could argue. You could argue that baseballs that I mean, how many softball and baseball leagues have I seen where the guys are drinking a beer out in the outfield? I mean, it's you know, no, I'm I not, think it's. I'm I not think it's criticizing. Think, I'm just saying that it's the universal appeal of a sport that you can drink beer while doing. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe the Olympic committee should look at that as a factor in choosing new sports. Oh my God. If you can drink <laughs> oh beer God. while playing that sport, then it's, you're guaranteed an in on the Olympics. Oh you can drink beer and play competitive softball. eating. You can drink beer. No, you don't want to drink beer and competitive eat. Cause you're just going to fill up your stomach with carbonation. You'll be belching hot dogs and beer the whole time. <laughs> oh my God. But <laughs> bowling, you can drink beer. Curling, you can drink beer while you're playing. If you want to be brave, you can do it. Like, Dodgeball. Javelin, you can't drink beer and, and throw a javelin. Steeplechase. Probably not, because you'll fall. Equestrian? Maybe. Maybe. The maybe. horse does all the work. Yeah, maybe. Maybe equestrian. Rowing? No. No, because you won't stay in your lane. Yeah. Well, how many of them aren't staying in their lane anyway this year? We've had two that have been out of their lane. That is true. But yeah. I, I think huh. what makes a sport great is the ones that you can drink beer and play at the same time. Like golf. You can drink beer and play golf. <laughs> oh my God. So this is why bowling should be an Olympic sport. Is this what you've reduced the Olympics to? Beer can drinking. You, can you drink beer and participate in the sport in any aspect? Oh, you know what would be another good Olympic oh, sport? Boy. Here we Darts. Go. You know, darts would be good. And you can drink beer while throwing Actually, darts. I think darts was a demonstration sport at one time. Let me see if I am correct. Really? Yeah. Huh. I think so. But look, darts are primarily played in bars. You drink beer while you play darts. That's my criteria. Oh, it may, it may be in the 2024 as a demonstration that would be oh. cool. Interesting. Hmm. Right? Darts. Yeah. What about polo? That's, that, I don't think it has universal appeal. S- uh, squash? I could see squash. I could see squash. Squash would make sense to me. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that harumph note from Lisa there, I think that wraps up our Olympic uh, podcast number one of probably several oh yeah we got plenty more to talk about 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun activity, I think, to talk about. You know, hopefully the U.S. beats Iran in men's basketball, so we don't have to talk They're about 37.5 point favorite. You might want to put money on the spread on Iran for that one. But yeah, I um, I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, very Olympic focused. It's a great time of year. The NBA Finals and Milwaukee Bucks won. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's good. Uh, the Yankees <laughs> still can't close a game. My so. Mets are still in first place in the NL East. Yeah. And there's been some rumors that they've been in talks with the Nationals for Mr. Max Scherzer. Fascinating. Uh, the great... Uh, I knew he... I had a feeling he would be traded. Uh, the really good second baseman from Pittsburgh got traded to the Padres, Adam Frazier. That was a good move. I wanted That him just for makes th- the Padres that much better. Yep. I wanted him for the Mets. But. And I recently wrote a blog on why the Mets and Yankees should uh, exchange closers. Because, yeah, go read the blog. Yeah, go read it. Go re- and encourage Jen because she needs to write more blogs. Yep. Yes, that's what I'm being told. I'm so. tired of shouldering the responsibility. Thank you so much for those kind words. Yeah. And we hope everyone has a fantastic week. Check us out on social media. And we have our website, timeoutwithjenlisa.com. And we will talk to you guys in probably less than a week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anchor.fm slash timeoutjl, and also on Spotify.